Welcome to episode 85 of the Unstoppable Podcast with special guest Patrick Beck David. My name is Dan J. Gregory and I am committed to hunting down the secrets of business mastery and human performance. My goal for the Unstoppable Podcast is to share insights from some of the most successful entrepreneurs, inspiring thought leaders, world-class athletes and prominent celebrities to help you to become unstoppable in business and life. Each week, I'll be bringing you a new interview with an inspiring person and sharing my own results as I pursue the answers to the question, how can I create the ultimate edge in my business, make a significant impact, and live an extraordinary life? Hello, and welcome to episode 85 of the Unstoppable Podcast. I cannot believe that it's the 1st of December already. The past month has simply flown by and I hope you had the opportunity to check out the special Money Mindset series where I put out 10 unique episodes to help you to up-level your financial success. The month may have gone by fast, but it seems that the year has gone by even faster. Life really does move fast when you're focused on doing great things whilst having great fun in the process. It's been a truly transformative year for me personally, and this show has played a significant part in that transformation, and I'm honored to have connected with, interviewed, and built relationships with some of the most incredible entrepreneurs from around the world who I've brought to you on this show, and today's guest is no exception. Today's phenomenal guest is Patrick Bet David. Patrick is a successful entrepreneur, emerging author, and popular blogger, and YouTube personality who's committed to helping people to get more out of life. He takes complex ideas and converts them to simple, practical life lessons. His intriguing perspective on opportunity is colored from his experience as a young immigrant from war-torn Iran in the late 1980s, where he experienced a true rags-to-riches story that saw him first serving in the U.S. military before breaking into the world of financial services. And if you're anything like me, then you may have already come across Patrick's work unknowingly. I first discovered Patrick's work when I first saw his viral video entitled The Life of an Entrepreneur in 90 Seconds, which has now had over 29 million views on Facebook alone. And you'll be able to see the Facebook video in the show notes, so do check that out. And with that many views, the chances are that you've already seen the video too. And then when I saw Patrick's next video, I really started to pay attention. And I'm glad that I did because... Patrick's blog and his YouTube channel play host to an absolute abundance, a treasure trove of valuable insights and inspiration for entrepreneurs. And as a result, I'm absolutely honored and grateful to have Patrick on the show with us today. However, Patrick is no ordinary YouTube personality or quote unquote business guru. Patrick is the chairman of one of America's fastest growing financial services companies, which he has built into the millions before he turned 30. And yet he still finds the time to help shape the next wave of entrepreneurs and leaders through his powerful content and his mentorship. Today's interview with Patrick is truly insightful. I really could have continued having philosophical conversations and business discussions with him all day long. But in this session, We cover how to use your skills and expertise to become irreplaceable in the marketplace, how your experience shapes your mindset and how to use it to your advantage to skyrocket your business, how to strategically take advantage of a fast-changing market environment to create a massive impact in your industry. We talk about the power of constant improvement, curiosity, and sheer persistence to level up your business and your life. 
and how to identify your true entrepreneurial spirit to better understand how to create the right business for you. I know you're going to absolutely love this interview, so let's get into it right away. But before we do, please hang on right to the end of the show because I'll be sharing how you and I can work together in 2017. I'm about to launch a special new edition of my Unstoppable Entrepreneur Program, which is explicitly designed to help you to leave the struggle behind and accelerate your business with greater impact and ease than ever before in 2017. So please do stay tuned right to the end. So let's do this. Lizzie has just poured me a glass of Lefroy single malt whiskey and it's our final night here in our apartment. So we're, we're celebrating before we're moving into pastures new in the new year. So I'm ready to kick back and enjoy the show and I hope that you are too. Alrighty, let's do this. I'm honored to bring you Mr. Patrick Bate David. Let's do this. Patrick, a big welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm extremely excited to have you on the show. First discovered your work, having seen some of your amazing YouTube videos, really inspired me uh, to reach out and connect with you and have you on the show. I can really see you embody the Unstoppable Spirit. So welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. It's good to be on with you, Dan. So Patrick, I appreciate I've just introduced you offline. Um, Could you share in your own words a little bit about what your current business responsibilities are? Yeah, absolutely. So today I run multiple businesses. One of the businesses I run is called PHP Agency. It's an insurance uh, financial marketing organization. We pretty much sell uh, financial products. We got started in October of 2009 with about 66 agents out of one office in America. Now we're at 2,400 agents in 44 states uh, in America. So that's the one business I run, financial services. The other side of my business is the online Valuetainment Media Group that we have. It's a YouTube channel online for uh, entrepreneurship. We're getting ready to launch something very, very big just for entrepreneurs around the world. So those are those are two of the main businesses I would highlight on the intro. Awesome. And um, in terms of what is Patrick? What does Patrick do outside of business? What's what's Patrick all about outside of business? Patrick's got three kids under the age of five. Patrick's married. Patrick likes to work out and exercise. Um, I'm obsessed about reading books. I'm very curious. I want knowledge. I want to learn. I want to get better. And history and philosophy drives me. Awesome. I, and I love the fact you mentioned your kids there. You know, for a lot of the listeners, you know, trying to achieve greatness and aspiring for great things, you know, doing it with a family adds a different dynamic to it. I haven't reached that stage yet, so I'm keen to learn how to balance. You know, I find, you know balancing time and priorities right now is an issue without children, let alone bringing all those things in in the future. So that maybe we'll touch on that as we go. Um, but I'd like to start with the beginning of your story. Really, I always ask how people get into entrepreneurship, but your story is a little different. You had a different beginning to, to a lot of people in terms of your, your your beginnings. Would you mind touching upon where it all started for you in your time in Iran and escaping Iran? Absolutely. So I, I was born and raised in October 18, 1978, which was at the peak of the Iranian revolution. Literally, when I was born, the streets were closed down. My father was taking my mother to the hospital with uh, people with, you know, military with semi-automatic weapon, you know, holding up my dad and they escorted my mother to the hospital. I was born three months later, the Shah of that time, Iran, he was exiled, lived there for about 10 years. Uh, in the capital, Tehran, Iran, war happened between Iran and Iraq. It was just terrible things. We saw a lot of people dying. We saw a lot of, got bombed in one day, 167 times. So just pretty uh, uh, unstable times living in Iran. And then June 3rd of 89, Khomeini dies. Six weeks later, we escape and we go to Germany at a refugee camp, which we lived there for about a year and a half. And then from there, we came to the States and America. 
And I, I was the I was a kid that didn't do too well in school. I mean, I had a 1.8 GPA to the listeners from around the world. 1.8 means out of five, you get a three. Or out of 10, you get a six. Uh, if you kind of gauge the uh, grades. Yep. And, um, you know, I started uh, in Germany when I was living at the refugee camp in Germany. Super Nintendo had just come out. This brand <laughs> spanking it was Super Nintendo 2 with Super Mario Brother 2. And it was exciting. Everybody wanted to play this game. And one of my friends at the camp was from Czech- Czechoslovakia at that time. And he had a sister that was just beautiful, Katarina. I'll never forget this. And he wanted to play Super Nintendo, and I wanted to kind of play with his sister and spend some time with his sister. <laughs> and uh, so we made an arrangement. I said, I got to figure out a way to buy Super Nintendo. My mom, my dad, they got a divorce. We don't have any money. We come from a pretty poor family. I went to a local swimming pool. It was the biggest swimming pool in Erlangen, in Germany, 40 miles outside of Nuremberg. So I go out there, and I say, listen, I want to figure out a way to help you clean up this mess in your swimming pool that you have. There's beer bottles everywhere. Who cleans these up? He says, well, my employees do. I said, how about you let me do it, and you pay me five fennec per beer bottle? And the owner agreed. So that's exactly what I did. Nice. Every day I would go to that swimming pool. I'd collect all the beer bottles during the summer, and I knew I needed 5,000 beer bottles to buy my Super Nintendo at 249 marks. 30 days later, I got the 249 marks. I went to Kaufauf, bought the Super Nintendo, and let's just say that entire camp I was living in, they were all excited to see the Super Nintendo, and I was excited to spend time with Katarina yes. uh, at that time. So fast forward, you know, I, I was a kid that went to high school with two backpacks. One of the backpacks was filled with hats. I'd buy hats for 99 cents and sell them in school for $7. Um, then I joined the Army. I was in the U.S. Army for a few years. When I got out of the Army, my, my goal was to be the next you know, Middle Eastern Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was going to be Mr. Olympia. I was going to go into Hollywood and I was going to marry a Kennedy and I was going to be an entrepreneur. That was my aspiration and nice. kind of uh, uh, didn't work out that way because bodybuilding wasn't a route I wanted to take. So got into the financial industry with uh, Morgan Stanley Dean Witter and then I went to Transamerica and then in October of 2009, started our own insurance firm with about 60 some agents and now we have 2,400 agents in 44 states and we market more, uh, we sell more insurance products with AIG uh, on their Index Universal Life side than any other agency in America. We sell more insurance with Foresters than US, Canada, or uh, UK ourselves. So we've grown tremendously, and that, that kind of takes the story from where I was at in Iran to where I'm at today. Awesome. I would like to dive into a couple of areas if I can. Just one, one comment in terms of the, the Super Nintendo. It shows how powerful having a strong, compelling why is when you're, when you're in business. <laughs> it, it, it sounded like it wasn't about the Super Nintendo so much. It really wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, having a powerful why is a big thing. Um, I'd also, you know, if, from these podcast interviews, I've interviewed lots and lots of different people now, and, and I'm really beginning to see that the, the beginnings of someone's life has such a, a dramatic effect on the, how their life turns out. You know, I've spoken to people who have had real broken starts to their life and have had people who have had luxurious starts to their life. And as a result of that, they've taken on some of their family's beliefs in terms of what's possible. But, you know, sometimes it goes other ways. So sure. for you, in terms of growing up and that, that kind of destructive process of, of fleeing Iran and going to Germany and coming to the US and being in the forces, what kind of impact do you think that's had on, on, on the way you live life now? A lot, because I will tell you, it takes a lot to really rattle me. I mean, permanently, it takes a lot to be rattled. So that kind of helps out a lot. Um, but you make a very good point, because I think the argument is 
there are a lot of people who come from that type of a, a background and they use that as a crutch to say, this is why I can't win. And then there are a lot of kids who grow up in a family that's filled with, you know, millions and millions of dollars and they have access to this incredible lifestyle and they become lazy and they become entitled and victim, you know, and oh my gosh, you know, I, there's no way in the world I will ever live in an apartment. I'm used to living the luxury lifestyle and having sushi and, you know, five-star hotel type of lifestyle and I'm not going to go back. You want me to sell something? I won't do that. So there's pros and cons to both of it. I think eventually... I believe uh, uh, for everybody, until somebody really sits down and figures out what their true calling and purpose in life is, life is pretty boring. If you really think about it, life is really boring. If it's just about chasing money, let's face it, making money is very easy. Making money is a mathematical formula. If you figure out X plus Y equals 9, what are the few likelihoods of what X is and what Y is? It's either 9 plus, nine plus 0 is 9, 8 plus 1 is 9, 6 plus 3, 7 plus 2. But that's pretty much it. So what is your formula to success? There's so many ways to make money nowadays in the world. Um, I think the key becomes you really figuring out the bigger purpose in life and really diving into it and asking the proper questions of yourself away from everybody. And then once you get clear on that and it's truly coming from deeper part of your belly, your spirit, and if, if you can tap into that, it's very, very difficult to stop that person. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, one thing on this is... Um, when it comes to clarity and finding your cause, how, how did you go about finding your own cause and, and choosing the path that you've chosen? That's a fantastic question. In 2003, I got a hold of 83 questions, okay, 83 questions. And I went away, it was a Sunday, uh, I went away to Matador Beach, which Matador Beach is right around Malibu. If you've heard of Malibu Beach, it's right around Malibu. I went to Matador Beach and I sat there for six, seven hours and I went through each of these questions. A very, very emotional moment for me. I mean, I was in tears going through these questions. Wow. And uh, six hours later, seven hours later, I just got very clear about what I wanted to do. My eyes, you wouldn't recognize my eyes 24 hours later. I left Saturday with my eyes being droopy and not clear about where I want to go to. The next day on Monday morning, crystal clear, I know exactly what I want to do in my life. Those 83 questions, I made them available on my website, patrickbaydavid.com. It's for free. It's called The Ultimate self-discovery questionnaire. I highly recommend anybody going through those 83, 83 questions for themselves. Awesome. awesome. So what were, the, what were some of the kind of, uh, you know, you obviously talked about the emotional uh, impact that had. Would you mind sharing some of the stories around some of the emotions that came up and some of the decisions you made as a result of those emotions? Yeah, I mean, look, think about it. We all have certain set of issues that prevent us from getting to where we want to get to. And everyone's limiting beliefs could be different things. We all have an issue with our mom or our dad or a sibling or they like the sibling more or the conditions we lived in or a girl that broke your heart, which is one of the best things that can happen to a man is get his heart shattered by a woman. It's so important for that to happen to a man early on in a stage. Somebody not liking you. What types of people do you not like? What types of people do you like? What types of people do you always get into? Why do you get into them? Are they just like you? Is it because you're seeing yourself and you don't like yourself and you got to figure out your own self because until you like yourself, you're not going to like people like yourself. It's a whole breakdown of you realizing you're not good enough to get to the next level, but at the same time being transparent to say, I'm willing to improve to get to the next level. And I can't stop feeling, from, feeling bad for myself and making excuses and blaming everybody else. And when am I going to take responsibility on myself? So it's a pretty, it's a pretty um, 
it's pretty difficult exercise to go through for most people because at the end of the while you're going through it, the, the consensus is I am not good enough at this point. And what the hell am I going to do about it? The old world owes me nothing. I can't do nothing about getting everybody to give me things for free. Yes, I want that lifestyle. Yes, I want the perfect woman I want to marry. Yes, I want to have kids. Yes, I want to make a difference. Yes, I want to be a millionaire. Yes, I want to be a billionaire. Yes, I want the history books to write about me. But Pat, when are you going to make some changes? When are you going to man up? When are you going to rise up? When are you going to be somebody that others can rely on? When are you going to make some serious decisions? When are you going to stop thinking that everything's going to be just handed to you? When are you going to stop feeling sorry for yourself that you grew up in Iran and you went through all this type of mess? And until that happens to a human being individually, to you versus you, it's going to be very tough for you to find your calling. Uh, it's got to be a very, very emotional experience. And that's exactly what it was for me. Amazing. So yeah, I'm really curious about this whole experience. So, so when, when you came out of that experience, what was the next steps? I mean, obviously, you've got, you've got PHP. Um, you know, I spent eight years in financial services. I had quite the opposite. My, my goal was to get out of financial services. You come out of that meeting and you, that, 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 that moment and you think, I want to start a financial services company. How, how, did, that, how did that come about? So, you know, I, I like numbers. I like people. I like uh, problems uh, to be solved. I look at everything through the lens of a mathematician. I'm looking outside my window right now on the 11th floor. Uh, the building I'm looking at across the street, Hyatt Place, it's all angles. The trees I'm looking at, I'm trying to count how many trees are out there just by purely guessing. The building I'm looking at all the way at the end, I'm guessing how many miles away it is from me. Am I, can I guess it close? I'm looking to the right here with a board I have. Can I guess how many feet it is by how many feet? The call I'm having with you here, I'm curious to know how big of a following you have. How many listeners do you have? Uh, I'm curious to know. Everything to me is stemmed from a place of curiosity, right? So I'm coming from... You know, what can we do to make this thing better? There's a certain level of curiosity and there's a certain level of knowing that there is a formula to solve pretty much every single problem in the world. Truly, there is a formula. We just haven't figured it out yet. We're going to figure out cancer. We're going to figure out a way how to get a man on a moon within, you know, a few hours or whatever. It's going to happen. We're going to figure out a lot of different things. We just haven't cracked that formula. So to go back to your question and you asked me and said, what did I do the day after this breakthrough that I had? The immediate thing was setting up three simple goals for myself and then three areas that I need to improve immediately. So the three goals for me were very simple. My dad at that time was working at a 99 cent store. It's a discount store in Inglewood, California. I couldn't stand it. My dad had 13 heart attacks, six angioplastics, six, six angiograms, three stents in his heart. And, you know, he's my hero. I don't want to see anything happen to my dad. I saw my sister get married. And when she got married, they didn't go to a honeymoon. Right after their wedding, they went to Burger King, bought two Whoppers, and they went and stayed at a Holiday Inn, and they didn't, they didn't go to a honeymoon. That should not happen to my older sister. Mm. Then I had $49,000 of credit card debt that was just draining me. So I said, I got to get rid, rid of these three things here, and I got to make sure these three become a reality, to pay off the debt, retire my dad, and send my sister to her honeymoon. Amazing. And then from there, the other three skills I had to improve was within my business, uh, phone calls, overcoming objections, field, closing, how to find clients. I put those things together and it was from there taking action. Awesome. And um, it, it sounds like from your story as well, you had a bit of a, a kind of a rich dad, poor dad moment. You, you encountered a mentor that opened your eyes to different things. Would you mind sharing the story of, of, of how, how you came across your first mentor and, and what impact that had? 
Yeah, I mean, it was uh, I was uh, working at Bally Total Fitness, and I learned very quickly the way to make money in the world and be free is sales and entrepreneurism. That's just I, I figured that out fairly quickly after everybody I was selling memberships to at Bally's. I would ask them. I said, "So, what do you do for a living?" I'm a dentist. What does it take to become a dentist? Ten years of schooling. How much does that cost? Three hundred forty grand. What does a dentist make after ten years? One hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars. How do you like the life of a dentist? Starting to be too many lawsuits. I don't want to be a dentist. What do you do yourself? I'm a realtor. How long have you been a realtor? 20 years. What does it take to become a realtor? Such and such. What does a realtor make money after 10 or 20 years? You can make uh, upwards of a million dollars and downwards of $60,000. What do you like about it? What do you not like about it? For every 90 days in real estate, you lose a month of your life. It's very stre stressful. And for every 10 years, you have two divorces. So I'm sitting there saying, I don't want to be a realtor. Then I go, and I'm literally assessing everyone's life and what type of a life that industry offers. And then finally, I ran into this man who owned his own yacht company, very wealthy man. It was worth in the half of Bill Mark. Nice, and we're nice. at Newport Beach in one of his yachts. And he pulls me, I pull him aside and I said, look, I know I'm going to be in sales. I know I'm going to be into, uh, as an entrepreneur, I want to be an entrepreneur. What industry you recommend me getting involved in? And we had that whole conversation where he told me, he says, what are the richest sports in America? And what are the poorest sports? You know, I told him richest sports in America were baseball and basketball. He said, baseball and basketball is actually the poor man's sport. And I was very offended by it because I follow baseball and basketball. Yeah. Until he explained it to me. He said, when I explain this to you, Patrick, you will never watch television the same way ever again. I said, tell me. He said, can you tell me what companies advertise during baseball and basketball games? I said, I don't know. You tell me. He said, beer, Coca-Cola, Nike, McDonald's. He says, you know who buys those four things? I said, who? He said, poor people. I said, wait a minute. I buy every one of those things. Of course, you're their customer. This is 15 years ago. And I'm sitting there telling myself, my gosh. So every time now I watch a television show or you watch something and you see a Coca-Cola commercial, you see a beer commercial, know they're targeting middle America. Mm -hmm. They're targeting middle-income families. So he said, the rich sports in America are golf and tennis. The type of companies that advertise during golf and tennis tournaments are insurance companies and financial firms because, you know, rich people know how money works. And yes, before it's yes. too late getting to the industry. And so I got into the industry and the rest is history. Wow. Well, so I know we were talking before we started the show about um, the future of the economy and job creation. And earlier on in the show, you spoke about, you know, money creation being simple. So a couple of things. And firstly, with money creation, why, why, is, why do you feel that so many people struggle in the area of financial success? Why, why are so many people struggling, you know, fighting every single day? And what can they do about it to change the circumstances? Well, first of all, I think we don't take enough time out and do assessments on ourselves. I don't think we do that enough. Um, I think we are literally following everybody else's lead. We literally are following everybody else's lead. Now, what's everybody else? Everybody else could be our friends who graduate high school and go to college. So we go to college. I didn't go to college. But I just came back from Harvard Business School because at 37 years old, I got accepted to Harvard Business School's owner president management program, which is a three-year program, and then you become part of the alumni. And I spent three weeks on Harvard campus. I just got back last week. Literally five days ago, I got back. And in the room, I was in a room with, you know, 144 people were entrepreneurs, CEO founders, total net worth around $20 billion. Excellent. Many of the names you would recognize. And I chose to do school backwards. 
Now, a lot of people want to come out of high school and go straight to college. Why? Because that's what everybody does. Why do we go get a job? Because that's what everybody does. Why do we work nine to five? Because that's what everybody does. Why do we go out there and just marry very early and have kids very early? Because that's what everybody (laughs) wants. Why do we go out there? Because that's what I'm just so sick and tired of what everybody else does. And we don't question it. You know, we've become a society of not wanting to question things. And I think one of the best things that's happened is social media, because social media has prompted billions of people to question everything, literally everything. So people are actually asking, asking questions. Why am I even getting married? Why am I having kids? Why do I have a job? Why am I going to college? Why am I thinking about living here? Why am I living in my country? Why am I living in this state? Why am I this faith? Why do I believe in this political belief? Why do I believe socialism works? Why do I believe communism works? Why do I believe in capitalism? Why am I a Democrat? Why am I a Republican? Why am I in the... We're questioning things which has given us more clarity to look at other options instead of just blindly following something. And so for me, the reason why a lot of people don't get it out of the financial uh, challenges that they're facing is one, because they're following everybody else blindly. And the second one I will tell you is they haven't committed to becoming an autodidact. An autodidact, we need more autodidacts in the world. I haven't yet met a billionaire or a millionaire who is not an autodidact. I just haven't. And an autodidact, uh, an autodidact, if you look it up, the definition of an autodidact is a self-taught person. Somebody who is not waiting for somebody else to feed them information. It's kind of like your listeners of the Unstoppable podcast. Your listeners are pretty much autodidacts and they may not even know about it because they're studying the content that you're putting out, mm-hmm. right? You're obviously an autodidact or else you wouldn't be able to know, you know, do what you're doing right now because you're asking those questions. You're self-taught. You're not waiting for somebody to feed you info. I think to learn how to make more money and become free, it's got to be a lifelong commitment and almost an obsession to becoming an autodidact. I love that. Now, here's, here's an interesting challenge or quandary that comes up from social media. You know, we have access to so much information now. You know, we're kind of bombarded with information, but perhaps starving for the wisdom that we need. So that we, what well, that also leads to is to so much choice, at least to comparison. So if someone is trying to identify their path, you, you, you spoke very strategically about how you identified the potential options for yourself. So when someone is confronted with multiple ideas and multiple paths or causes they could they could create for themselves how should people look at the the opportunity in front of them how should they evaluate the opportunities before making a decision great question you know i used to date a girl who was a uh, cover model she was a hollywood actress we were together for a few years and we almost got married and the relationship didn't work out we're friends till today the relationship didn't work out and one day i pulled her aside this is after we were dating and she was asking me for feedback and, you know, she wasn't happy at that time of her life. And she says, what feedback could you give me? I said, look, I said, you got to realize one of your biggest um, God-given abilities you have or, you know, gifts that you've been given is your beauty. You're dropped at gorgeous. Anywhere you go, everybody looks at you. You steal the attention from anybody and everybody. I said, you know what's one of your biggest curses? She said, what? I said, your beauty. Same exact thing. She says, why do you say that? I said, because it's very difficult for you to stay focused on one relationship because you have so many options. You have so many options. And one of the difficult things when a man, for instance, I'll give you an example. Let's just say you got a guy who's a total nerd. Okay, Dan, this guy's a total nerd. He grows up. He couldn't get play from anybody. 
Okay, we're big boys, we're big girls, we can talk about it here. Yep. He can play from anybody, nobody. I mean, nobody even gave him any time of day, nobody paid attention to him. And he stays with this one girl for nine years. It's the only girl in the world that said yes to him, okay? And he's with her for nine years, so what does he do? All of a sudden, he settles down, he gets married, he has kids. Now he's 33 years old, he's a lawyer, and now he's making 220 per year. And he's pretty good at debating. And next thing you know, some people start getting his attention. Now he starts realizing he has choices. Well, now he's going to make the mistake because he didn't go through it early on, right? So early on, my suggestion when we're young entrepreneurs is to dabble into as many things as possible with business. But then when you get to a certain age, and I even say early 20s to mid 20s, I don't even think we need to wait till 40s, 50s. I think it's early. Choose, Choose one industry, choose one industry and absolutely immerse yourself into it, knowing there's going to be other industries that are very, very attractive. You know, a lot of times when I go and speak to audiences from around the world, they'll tell me and say, Patrick, you look like you belong in Silicon Valley, man. How the hell do you sell insurance? I mean, that's got to be the most boring product in the world. Why insurance? Like when you tell me you sell life insurance, I almost wanted to kill myself when I heard (laughs) you sell life insurance. I mean, is there a product more boring than that? I said, you see, that's the problem. I said, that's exactly your problem. He says, what's my problem? I said, your problem is all you're looking at is 36, 24, 36. And I'm not. I'm not looking at 36, 24, 36. I'm looking at the industry that has the most problems that no one is paying attention to. And I want to go solve it. That's what I'm looking at. I'm in an industry right now where 90% of my competitors wear Brooks Brothers clothes with Kohan shitty shoes and they go to work looking like a damn politician, which no one trusts and likes a damn politician. And no wonder no one likes you. The average agent in our industry in America right now is a 59-year-old white male. Why the minority, while the minority group in America is increasing, while the millennials and Gen Xs are hoping to find an industry to be a part of because they're social driven, they're cause driven, we're going to make those adjustments. You're not. We're going to be the solution to this industry. The industry's not because they can't move. So I chose to stick to this industry. So as you ask that question, you make a very good point. By the way, Dan, I, I got to give you credit, man. You're very good on your questions. A lot of these uh, podcasts out there, they go by a script. And I think sometimes you got to call audibles based on content you're talking about. You're a very, very good host. But let me give you the answer, the answer to the question you asked. So how do you not get distracted with all these other things? Choose an industry, choose a skill set, and then sell out to one of them. So what skill set is going to be a skill set that's going to make me the most money that I can actually become an expert at? So meaning, don't choose basketball if you can't jump more than six inches. <laughs> yeah. okay, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. choose a skill set that you can actually become very, very good at it. What industry needs that uh, skill set? Then choose that industry. It's like a formula. And then sell out to that industry. Don't look at anything else. Marry that industry for 10 years and truly give it 10 years. Stop joining all these other industries. Choose one and stick to it. That'd be my formula. Awesome. I think there's a couple of great points there. The, the, the piece around skills is, 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 for me, is really critical. And that comes down to the self-awareness piece you're talking about in terms of really getting to know yourself and, and really evaluate what your strengths are. And I know there's lots of great tools out there. You know, Ryan Blair, who's just been on the show, the show recently with me, shared the strengths find out. I'd heard about it, but it, it, it escaped my attention. And all these different tools that you can actually access and your questionnaire as well, which we'll put in the show notes, that you can actually have these tools to help you become more self-aware at, at your strengths. And then the second piece is around industry. And 
And I love the fact you look at the financial services. You know, I came from financial services. That, my, that was my background before I stepped into entrepreneurship. A whole different story there. I won't go into that now. But um, it's, it's ripe for innovation. It's ripe for change. You're right. It's, it's, it's one of many of these pillars, these iconic pillar industries that have, have not adapted to the new generation coming through, the millennials, the Gen X. You know, I'm, I was just thinking this week, um, I'm not a big drinker, but I really enjoy drinking a, a good whiskey. And I look at the whiskey market. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. And all the players in this industry, you look at their social media channels, they suck. They just don't have any followership. They, the branding is way off. The, even the, down to the bottle design, it's still advertising to that 50, 60-year-old yeah. man who used to be the classic drink of success, you know, of achievement. But, yeah. you know, there's this new generation who, who have to say, you know, the Silicon Valley types, the entrepreneur types like you and I. You know, this could be the drink of choice for the, for the next generation, but the, the, these companies aren't capitalizing on this opportunity. So we're in this marketplace where there's all these iconic industries that are just wide open for disruption. Um, and what I'd like to explore next, and, you know, we were talking about it before the show, is, is what, what happens next. You know, so the future, the future of the economy, you've got these great opportunities like you, you've, you've latched onto with your business in that marketplace so there's a great opportunity for entrepreneurs entering the marketplace. But then what about those people who aren't entrepreneurial? Where do they go? Where do, where do they fit in the new economy? Uh, before I get into that, am I sensing a, a curiosity of you wanting to get into the whiskey business? Like, was that your announcement? Because <laughs> if that's the announcement, folks, Dan's getting into the whiskey business. So <laughs> well, <laughs> if you it, subscribe now, he's going to send you a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Possibly, but, you know, possibly. I agree with you. I, I, I yeah. agree with what you're saying. I think uh, um, to, to add something to that is I highly, 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 anytime I speak anywhere, I highly recommend people to read the book Blue Ocean Strategy. And a lot of people have, but unfortunately, many haven't. Blue Ocean Strategy talks about exactly what you just said. This book has sold three, four million copies. And it talks about how Yellowtail tried to compete with wine companies and it was getting uh, crushed because it was the worst wine in the world. And then Yellowtail chose to compete with beer companies and beer drinkers. And they went from getting killed to selling 40 million cases in a year. And how they did that, he describes it in a book. So that's just the one. Uh, 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 I didn't write the book. I'm just giving credit to the authors. It's a very good book to read. So your question, what do we do with that? So here's how Harvard Business School opened up, which was fascinating to me. Linda Applegate, who is the chair of the Harvard Business School's owner, president, management program, she's known all around the world. You know, most people in the VC world, entrepreneurial world, they know who Linda Applegate is. And she gets up and she says, look, we're all here for two different reasons. Number one reason is to talk about innovation and strategy that can take your business to the next level and make you more profitable, make you more money, help you grow your business. Great. And she goes into this. He says, but let me tell you about the second point. She shows a video of Amazon in 2010. And this video of Amazon's 2010, it's their plant. It's where you and I buy something from Amazon and you see people on the, you know, assembly line, taking it, putting it in a box, wrapping it, put a tape on it, shipping it out, you know, going to this other place, grabbing this and, you know, put it in the, and okay, this is a return, put it back in a box. It shows thousands of people moving in this plant and how the product is being shipped out to you and I, which was fascinating. Mm. Then she says, how amazing was this? Oh, this was amazing. Then she says, let me show you the next video. This is the same plant of Amazon in 2016. We look at the plant, Dan, everything is ran by a robot. There was only one person working in the plant, and it was the person 
that fixed the robots in case there was a malfunction. There was not a human being outside of this one person working in the plant. So she says, what do you think about this? Now, obviously, we're all entrepreneurs, so we say, oh, wow, innovation, amazing. This is why Jeff Bezos is so smart. And She says, yes, yes, yes. However, there's one thing here. And we said, what is it? She said, what are we going to do? Those thousands of people that were working here, they had a job. What do they do now? Now they don't have a job because they're not needed. They're replaced by a robot. They're replaced by a machine. So the question becomes, what are you going to do to make sure you're not only making your money and growing your business, but also making sure all the other people that are out there need to have a job to support their family so they can buy your product? Because what if one day these guys don't know how to make money and earn income to buy your product? Then what happens to your business? So this goes both ways. We got to figure out creative ways to create jobs. So, you know, and, and I remember this whole thing back in the days, I think it was 2008, a guy named David Walker was a former accountant of the U.S. government. He was a comptroller general of U.S. government. I've interviewed him before. David Walker, he uh, uh, creates a documentary, and Warren Buffett is in this documentary. It's called I-O-U-S-A. So I-O-U-S-A, five letters, I-O-U-S-A. And at the end of the documentary, Warren Buffett is being asked questions from a panel, and one lady gets up and she says the following. She says, Mr. Buffett, I'm a single mother. I'm extremely concerned. What do I do? I just lost my job. I don't know what to do next. It's so scary. The market, the real estate, 2008, markets dropping homes. It, it seems like it's impossible to find a way to make money. And she's just panicking. And Warren Buffett, in a very, very calm way, says the following, which I think it's epic to your listeners. He says, ma'am, ma'am, let me tell you one thing, ma'am, if you can hear me out here. She, he says, if there's one thing there's a market for forever is experts. Go become an expert at something. People are always willing to pay experts. The challenge is very few people become experts. So whoever's listening to this call or this podcast, your biggest challenge is not to just be good at what you're doing. This is why I said choose one industry. It's to become an expert. I'm talking about better than anybody else in that marketplace, and that makes you irreplaceable. That makes you irreplaceable. The challenge is we need to figure out ways to make the majority decide to become an expert in something. And once we do that, we set somebody free. So that would be my uh, rebuttal to your question. That's, that's fascinating. And you know, just instantly I'm thinking about you can, you can almost see the next dips unfolding as a result of that. You know, you can see these mass, this mass transformation of industry. And just looking at the UK, you know, we just obviously had this gigantic political vote. And I'm not going to go into the political, political side of things. Yep. I have done yep. an episode on that. I've said my piece. Um, but there's pockets of the UK that just haven't changed since the shutdown of industry or, you know, the coal mines shut down. And it's these areas which voted in a certain direction for the economy because they felt left behind you know they felt left behind by the changes and there's this lag time between when the change happens and when they adapt to the change and you can you can almost that's what you just said in terms of those factories you can see it so in the moments that it happens you don't you don't feel it but then there's a ripple effect that goes wider and then there's it's a 10 20 year lag before the changes start to unfold positively so you can almost predict based upon the the, the, the changes in the yep. The, the economy when the next dip is going to come and when it's going to recover based upon the lag times that it takes for people to make change. I totally agree with you. So now our job is, and anybody that's listening, our job is to constantly encourage 
people to sit there and take a time out and saying, where is my industry going to be 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now? For instance, my industry insurance. One of the things that I love about my industry that very few people think about is the following. Here's what the following is. People buy cars. People buy auto insurance. People buy stocks. People buy books. People buy clothes. No one buys life insurance. People are sold life insurance, which means what? Life insurance is never going to do good online internet sales. Never. Never. Because no one wants to talk about dying until somebody gets that 45-minute window to say, John Doe, one day you're going to die. You have a wife with three kids. You make $83,000 in a year. Your wife stays home. If something happens to you, what is Mary going to do with your three kids? Nothing. Mary, how do you feel about this? I'm frightened of it. Mary, how much life insurance do you think you need? I think it's 83000 times 10 years. I need at least a million dollars. Perfect. What do you think, John? You know what? Screw it. Let's set it up so I don't have to worry about this. Let's set it up. I had to look at the industry and ask myself, will I be replaced by a robot and a machine? And I realized life insurance is never bought. It's always sold. That was my game plan. The question for the listener is, what is your game plan with the industry? What's going to happen next 5, 10, 15, 20 years in your industry? And are you ready to call an audible and adjust and adapt or else you're going to be left behind? Mm, that's fascinating. But you know, even in the financial service industry, I saw some of the innovations before I left the industry back in 2012. You know, some of the some of the mortgage appointments, some of the financial advisor appointments were all being done via video remotely. You know, so you, yep. no, you no longer went to a physical location. The, these new remote tools, so people, the advisors are able to work from home. This whole changing dynamic it's just really fascinating to see but also then for the for the workers adapting you know you talked about the machines if it's all machines and who's going to maintain the machines and then recently i met he's one of the one of the original innovators of the kind of 3d printing world and you know he says the future is design you know because now if people can print off a new iphone at home the customization you know so if you're a designer the opportunities over the next 10 years are going to be prolific you know if That's i want right. a new, if i want a new handle on my fridge i can custom des- i can have one custom designed and print one off it's, we're getting to that point so it's about but the problem the problem is in the job market entrepreneurs think where's the opportunity but the employee mindset, I'm not sure, is the same. And I, I think that's where the challenge is. And as entrepreneurs, we almost need to step up and, and, and find a place and find a way to help lead those people through the changes. Because, you know, the entrepreneur is always looking at the change. They're always looking to create the change, be the change, and create the opportunities. But I'm not sure the employee mindset works the same way. You know what would be amazing? You know what day I'm looking forward to, Dan? I'm looking forward to the day, you know, if, if I was one day... You know, if I was one day to be given a country with 10 million people, okay, and and I ask, give me a country with 10 million people. Now, imagine this, okay? Let's just say, Dan, you and I are running a country with 10 million people. Think about it. We have land, we have people, we have workers, we have but we have 10 million people. What would be the first things you would start working on with those 10 million people? For me, number one is mindset. For me, number one is the way they think. See, a lot of like, when's the last time you saw a governor, a prime minister, a president, a senator, a congressman get up from stage and recommend five books for the populace to read? Why not? Why don't we make recommendations for people to read certain books? Because we need them to need us as the politicians so they can be free. I have a big problem with that. My encouragement is a complete opposite. I, I like to I like to teach everything I know to the people that work with me, because I love, uh, you know, uh, Branson's quote. He says, uh, teach everything to the people that work with you so can they can leave you and compete with you, but treat them so well that they don't want to. 
So if we had a country that we're going to teach them every single thing about what it is to become an entrepreneur and self-efficient and make your money and improve and autodidact, et cetera, et cetera, then we say, we're going to treat you so good. If you want to go to another country, you can. But this is our country. People wouldn't leave. Amazing, amazing. So, Patrick, this, this has been a fascinating conversation. There's tons of topics I could talk to you about, but I'm conscious of the time we have available. So I just want to kind of close off by going into the kind of rapid fire final round. And I, have, I just have three questions for you to close, to close us off for today. Uh, but thank you so much for unleashing your greatness on the Unstoppable podcast. It's been a, it's been a phenomenal story. Um, before we do that, you did mention, I don't know if you're able to talk about this at this point, but you talked about uh, a launch that's coming up. Is that something you're able to share or talk about at this point or is it is it undercover at the minute? I, I, it's not something I, I just uh, presented it in front of all the people at Harvard Business School. Um, they are aware of it. My investors are aware of it. A, a handful of people are aware of it, but it's not public yet. But I will tell you, for anybody that wants to follow it, if you go to YouTube and you find a channel Valuetainment, so it's Valuetainment together, Valuetainment, or you look up my name, Patrick Bet David, B-E-T-D-A-V-I-D, and you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you will stay tuned because I'll be, I'll be launching it there most likely the first quarter of 2017. Awesome. And Patrick is inches away from hitting his target of 100,000 subscribers on, on YouTube. So please be one of the people that helps him hit that goal. I'll put the links in the show notes. So do, do go and check those out. So the fine, the fine, I have one, two final questions for you. The first one is, if you imagine your younger self, and the classic question is, what advice would you give your younger self? I'm reversing the, I'm reversing the question. So imagine younger you, you pick the age. What would the younger version of yourself say or think about you now if they were to able to see you today? He'd be shell-shocked. He'd be shell-shocked and he would, he would not believe what happened because he didn't even think he'd live to 37 years old. He would be shell-shocked. He would think this is heaven. He would sit there and say, this is not real. There's no way in the world this is what's supposed to happen to me while I'm 37 years old. Powerful. And congratulations on that. That's, uh, that's powerful. And then the final question, as I ask all my guests, what does it mean to be unstoppable to you? Alignment. To me, it's alignment. To me, it, it, unstoppable to me means all of it, it's, it's alignment. And let me explain what I mean by alignment. It's what you say is aligned with what you do. If, if you can align what you say and what you do, you're unstoppable. Amazing. That is the end of our show today. Thank you so much, Patrick. Where is the best place? We've talked about the YouTube channel. Where else can we send people to... To the website, to the to the to the questionnaire. Is there anywhere else that people should? Yeah, so you know, there's a few things. You go to my website, patrickbaydavid.com. You'll find the 83 questions, the ultimate self-discovery questionnaire, and then I wrote a book called The 25 Laws for Doing the Impossible, which talks about the three phases you go through. Phase number one, how to recreate yourself, how do I, how to identify your cause, and how to make a bold decision. You can find that book on Amazon. Again, 25 Laws for Doing the Impossible awesome all these will be in the show notes thank you so much for your expertise your wisdom and your stories and being so open today patrick it's been an amazing interview for you thanks for unleashing your greatness on the unstoppable podcast thanks for having me dan really enjoyed it how about that folks that was a truly mind-blowing episode and by the way i would strongly recommend doing the uh, questionnaire that patrick talked about lizzie and i recently had a four hour four and a half hour car journey down to see her family and in that time we we went through the questionnaire together and gave our own responses. It was a really profound experience doing that and uh, loads of self-discovery to come from doing that. So I strongly recommend checking that out. Now, 
Before we finish the show, I mentioned right at the beginning to stay tuned because I'm going to give you a little bit of detail around what I'll be doing for you guys in 2017. So if you would like to have the opportunity to work with me next year, I am relaunching over the course of December my Unstoppable Entrepreneur Program. This has really been built. I built this program for myself initially. You know, I had, if you followed the show right from the beginning, you'll know my story. But if you don't, there's plenty of time to find out about it. But I struggled. I struggled building my business for the first three years of doing so. But I stuck in there. That's the unstoppable way. I persevered. But ultimately, I learned some things that enabled me to really shift from the struggle to building a profit path that enabled me to get into profit and build a business that I truly love. So with that said, I've distilled these five principles and I'll be putting together a webinar over the course of December, which will showcase these five changes that I've made that have enabled me to now impact tens of thousands of people around the world and start charging what I'm worth in terms of my products and services And I would love to do the same for you. It's been a mind-blowing program. Everyone that's been through it has had profound results. It's created some really significant shifts in people's businesses. And more than that, really, there's a ripple effect into every area of their life. You know, people are coming away more confident. They're feeling more certain in their relationships. They're experiencing better growth in their health and their mindset and their energy. So there's many side effects to be had from uh, this program. So... There's a webinar coming up, but if you would like to register your interest in the program and working with me, what I will, what I will do exclusively for you guys as listeners of this show, if you go to danjgregory.com forward slash unstoppable entrepreneur, if you fill out the short questionnaire there, I will give you a one-on-one consultation with me. This is purely for listeners of the Unstoppable podcast. So even the guys who attend the webinar, the guys and girls who attend the webinar, they will not have the opportunity to have this call. Now, this call is designed to really understand what your goals are going to be for next year, what your sticking points have been for this year. And we're going to draw a line between the two and find a way to move you forward. So please do go to danjgregory.com forward slash unstoppable entrepreneur register for your free session with me and do sign up to the mailing list when you go to danjgregory.com you'll be given the opportunity to subscribe to the podcast do do that because i'm going to be sending out the details of the brand new webinar which in itself is going to be incredibly valuable so i want to thank you as a listener for tuning in throughout this year it's been a mind-blowing journey and i really want to be there for you next year not only on this show but as your coach and mentor through the unstoppable entrepreneur program it's radically transformed from what it was originally and next year it's going to go from strength to strength as well so i'd love you to play a part in that development so head to danjgregory.com forward slash unstoppable entrepreneur register for our free conversation we'll do that throughout the december and uh, let's go from there so i want to thank you once more for tuning in today i really hope you enjoyed the session of patrick i certainly did and i cannot wait to bring even more content over the coming weeks i'll be back on monday with the next solo round it'll be the last solo round for the next couple of weeks because i am off to sri lanka to have what i call a well-deserved holiday i'm absolutely exhausted we've been moving house launching new programs delivering programs it's been a mind-blowing couple of weeks it's been a really strong finish to the year i'm just going to take a couple of couple of weeks out to get some sun and to get some recuperation just before the new year preparation is well underway to make 2017 an even better year after this transformative year in 2016 so i wish you well that's good night from me i'm going to go finish my glass of lefroy whiskey and uh, enjoy the rest of the evening thanks for tuning in i'll see you next time and until next time 
Go out there, unleash your greatness, build your empire, make your impact, and live your ultimate life because you are unstoppable.